This is the Frank and Friends Show. Hi, I'm Frank Murphy. I'm Catherine Frady. Catherine Frady, hi. Hi. <laughs> long time no see. It has been a long time. I'm kind of excited that you're here. I'm an, I am too. Because uh, we are doing the Frank and Friends Show, and I have been a hot mess without you. Uh, we've, I've been busy. I've been having struggles trying to get people to come in and, and sit here, and not because of anything wrong with them. <laughs> no, because of you. Because of me. Yeah, it's, of course. It takes longer to arrange to schedule someone to be here than it takes for them to be here. Sure. That makes sense? Yeah, If absolutely. you're here for half an hour, it takes multiple hours of planning and back and forth and texting days sometimes. So that's, you know, it's all on me. It's all my fault. I've just been distracted and busy. Uh, but I do still want you to uh, visit our website at frankandfriendshow.com where you can find all sorts of fabulous things. Yes, at frankandfriendshow.com backslash store. That's where you can where. find the mugs. You can find the cell phone cases. Yes, the Look towel. The towel is put away for the winter, but um, it's somewhere. You know, but if you're in one of the warmer states, you should still buy the you towel. Know. You could yeah. buy the bucket hat, like right. uh, April did. Mm-hmm. Our um, viewer April. Oh, the sweatshirts look good. We wore those when we uh, were out filming some Seymour Smokies adventures recently. Nice. Um, and nice. my wife wears hers as a crew sweatshirt. Nice. And I wear mine when I'm on the show. And it paid off because we were at um, Chatterack's Christmas Adventure, which is the newer one at uh, Soaky Mountain Water Park. And some dude who had a hot chocolate stand gives a free hot cocoa to me and to Victoria Henley. I understand why they would give one to Victoria Henley. She's a fashion model. Right. But then Jerry had the, the crew jacket on. He's like, well, she gets one too. <laughs> Nice. I love it. So that was pretty cool. So you can get all that stuff and maybe get a free hot cocoa if you play your cards right. That's right. You know, I can't promise anything. No, Uh, but maybe you can be mistaken as the crew, too. Yes. (laughs) Do that. And uh, please also, more importantly, uh, tell your friends and subscribe on YouTube. The numbers have been inching up as I uh, actually take people's phones and subscribe for them. Which I've learned this is a trick. Uh, again, I'm mentioning Victoria Henley. We recorded another episode that'll be out soon from Beyond the Lens. And she says to people, hey, uh, I want you to follow me. She's got all these things, the social media. Sure, She's got her own podcast called Backstage Pass. Nice. And so she grabs their phone, looks up her um, Facebook page and her Instagram and, and follows is- herself and likes herself with their nice. phone. Nice. i got to start doing that. Absolutely. But I'm not a fashion model. And for right. me to say, can I have your phone? It doesn't play. Yeah, it doesn't work. Maybe you should have her take their phones and subscribe them to Frank and Friends. I tried that. Yeah, I was working on that okay. angle, but then it gets a little bit long. It takes it, you, then you've, you're holding the phone just uncomfortably too long. You're like, okay, I have to follow you here. You have to follow me here yeah. and here and here and here and here. So yeah. I'm working on it. Okay, yeah. working on it. Right. But I also have uh, plans for you and me to go do an episode. I know. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm very excited about this one. So it's because it involves food. So we'll talk about that in, uh, in days ahead. Uh, you'll see it, obviously, on our YouTube channel. So that's the point of the whole story is subscribe to The Frank and Friends Show on YouTube. Smash that button. You remembered <laughs> for notifications. All right. So I've seen you. It feels like for, for you watching Frank and Friends, you haven't seen Catherine in... I would have to look it up to tell you how long it's, it's been. It's been a while. It's yeah. been a while because I put the show on hiatus while I recorded Scholars Bowl. Right. And you and I had plans to record around Thanksgiving time. Yep. But as I mentioned, when Becca was here, you know, your dear friend Brandon Gibson passed away unexpectedly right before Thanksgiving. So obviously, we didn't have we you didn't here record. for a show. Yeah. Now, you and I spent a fair amount of time hugging in that week. <laughs> we I did, mean, visiting yeah. is what I meant, visiting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't hug. That's you. <laughs> oh, no, that's... I, 
Catherine says that to me. All right, so we're at the funeral. We're at the funeral. And Catherine says, I need a hug. And she says, I know we don't hug, but I said, she says, I need a hug. And I just, I hugged her hard and I said, whispered in her ear, I said, we're past that. Whatever you need. You're grieving, whatever you need. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for you. Yeah. You know that. Yeah, so. I know. Well, we had a nice Thanksgiving. You had us over. We had, yeah. So great. Yeah. Catherine and James spent Thanksgiving here at the uh, podcast Ponderosa, mm-hmm. and we, it was relaxed. We didn't record anything. There was no... No. <laughs> we could have recorded the whole thing. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. And then you headed back to um, Baton, Baton, Rouge. Baton Rouge. So what's new with you? What have you been up to? Oh, my goodness. So I've been... Since Thanksgiving, I've been in Baton Rouge producing Amal and the Night Visitors. You mean Amal? Yes. That's a good show. Yeah. It's a pretty fun show. They've done it for about 10 years, so this was kind of the last time for a while. Oh, is that like their Nutcracker? Kind of, yes. They do it every year. It has been, Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought you were doing it because you had done it once before or twice before yourself so you knew the ins and outs of it no it was it was already planned um, oh before you got there All right. yeah that they've done Catherine is they, the executive director of opera louisiana that's correct so some of these things were already on the docket before you came in All right. that's right yeah all right and they they have like a set and costumes that we're gonna now start renting because we're gonna do a new holiday opera next year um, Does that mean you rent those to other opera companies correct you become the rentor not that's the rentee right. yes wait renter I don't know well, we own it. So. Okay, so, yeah. oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. What's the new holiday opera? We don't know yet. Oh. Stay tuned. I didn't know there were holiday operas. Oh, yeah, there's lots of holiday operas. There's Gift of the Magi. Oh, yeah. There's some new ones coming out by my friends Clint Borzoni and Jonathan De Los Santos. Nice. The Christmas Spider, which is a Ukrainian mm-hmm. holiday opera. There's one called Snowy Day, that Houston opera yeah. recently premiered. Yeah, there's a bunch. Are these ones like that are like easy music for the kids to enjoy? Some of them have kids are, in are the show. Are they challenging? Not, you know, I don't know. I'm not ready for a challenging opera at Christmas. <laughs> no, these are beautiful music. And they're, they're like a mall. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. All right. Very similar. Nice. Yeah. I remember, now you've been posting photos from the past 10 seasons of Marble City Opera here in Knoxville. And I saw the picture, I assume it was you, right? In Gift of the Magi. Yeah. Where we had me. to make it look like you cut all your hair off. Yeah. How, what did you just tuck it up into a wig, or what do you? How do you do it? So I had two wigs actually. I had all of my hair up into like a short. Oh, so you had like a wig, wig, wig cap. Oh, wig cap. Yeah, but it was like um, almost shaved. Oh my! The the hair, and then I had another long wig on top of that. Oh wow! So it's like Phantom of the Opera, where you get masks on top of makeup, on top of right. Oh, on top of yeah. wigs. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so that when I left the stage to go cut my hair, you know, she's really only supposed to cut like, you know. Oh. Into like a short bob, but we like shaved it basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Because <laughs> you're cutting edge. <laughs> you well, know. so you're going to be doing more performances in uh, 2023? Absolutely. What yeah. do you got? I know you're singing Susanna here in Knoxville in June. Yeah, singing at the fundraising event. Oh, that's coming up this it's weekend. Up, yeah. Which is great. On Saturday the 14th. Yep. You can, can we buy a ticket at the last minute? You still, yeah, you All can right. buy it at the door. Oh, good. It's at the Botanical Gardens, marblecityopera.com, slash tickets. <laughs> Don't forget the slash. Oh, you can just go to marblecityopera.com, and fig- if you can't figure it out from the homepage, then yeah, that's on you. <laughs> or one of our myriad of yeah, social media posts. Exactly. Uh, with so, a link there for you. So that'll be fun. So you're singing yeah, this weekend. Singing this weekend. What are you singing? Visa Darte, you singing that one? No, actually, but we are doing like um, music from the past 10 years, so from the decades. We're starting with um, a quartet from La Boheme, 
But ah. we did it as La Femme Bohème with an all-female cast. So mm-hmm. I'm singing Mimi in that. Mimi was an answer in the New York Times crossword puzzle the other day. Was it? But the question was, character in Rent. No. Rent is based on La Bohème. <laughs> character in Bohème. But Mimi. she's Mimi in both shows. Yeah, it's also my mother's name when she's... Mimi? Yeah, oh. as, as a grandmother. Oh, that's nice. what she chose. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so fancy singing. Fancy singing. Um, I have a new opera that I'm doing. It's not really that new. It's kind of an old new opera. Yeah. It's called Cabildo. Cabildo. Mm-hmm. By is Amy it, Beach. Written uh, in the 1900s. Cabildo. Was it like about Lego blocks? <laughs> no, there's like a place in New Orleans called the Cabildo, and it's based off this like... Where are you doing this one? In, in the- Iowa. No, wait a minute. You work at Opera Louisiana, and you're doing a New Orleans opera. Why don't you just do it in Louisiana? I know. Well, you know, the producers are in Iowa. Oh, so they hired you to go to Iowa to do a Cabildo. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Of course, I'm playing a ghost, per oh, usual. okay. Yeah, Lady Valerie. All right. And uh, she was in a relationship with Pierre Lafitte. Is he famous? Well, he was a pirate. Yeah, know. I think I've heard of yeah, him yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Who all got right. thrown into jail and prison in the okay. Cabildo in New Orleans. Oh, all right. Well, that sounds fun. Maybe yeah. if it's getting good, you could do it at Opera Louisiane. That's right. Or at the Cabildo in New Orleans. <gasps> oh. Site-specific. Oh, nice. Yeah. Fancy. I thought of you. I had uh, this past Tuesday night, there was an Einstein Simplified show, and I'm in this game where it's called Number of Words, mm-hmm. so I'm only allowed to speak five words at a time, okay. and someone else can do, I think, two and a half, because the audience is trying to be difficult, and, and maybe the other guy had like three or four words, okay? So you have half a word? No, I had five full words, okay. but Greg had two and a half words. Okay. And then they tell us for the setting, uh, the three of us are going to be at... The Sydney Opera House. Very nice. So the two, so I, you know, figuring I just build something. I, I drop back mm-hmm. to make an entrance partly way through the scene to see what they've got. So they come in and they're like, "Wow, looks like we're here in the Sydney Opera House or whatever they're trying to say." So I come in and start doing an Australian accent, and I tell them that they're here just in time. They have to sing opera. Nice. And they're like going, "Ah," I'm like, "No, no, no." I, I said, <laughs> "You have to sing." I tried to do it in five words. Lud- Donna S. Mobile from, and they have to say something, and then I can go, Rigoletto, it's the best aria. <laughs> nice. And I thought, oh, wow, I remember the name of an aria. And so they, we struggled. Anyway, then the scene's still going on. I'm trying to get out of it, and I'm trying to think of something else I, that I can remember. And the only other thing I could remember was um, from Aida. I said, you could sing Gera, 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 Gera. <laughs> <laughs> you can use the same word over and over. Well, the audience didn't know. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm just. Right. Then I told them it means war, 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 war. So anyway, I was, that felt very operatic. That is great. And then they did wanted, you sing? I uh, kind of, yeah, Good. yeah. yeah. Uh, and then in another scene, I had to. It was a guessing game. I had to get Paul to guess some current song called "Dance Monkey," and I frankly, I've never heard of it before because I'm out of the popular music scene. I've never scene. heard it either. So, but I just so I felt bad. But I knew the opera. I didn't know the dance monkey. But did he just have to act out the dance monkey? I did. I acted out the dance monkey, and he guessed it. So, well, I mean, I feel like that's one that you could easily act out. I did. It was fast. I got it. I said, I, I I did some box steps, and then I threw my poo, and I was in and out. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Like no time flat. Fantastic. So it's been since Thanksgiving since we've talked. You can see that the winter tablecloth has been put in place. Um, Snowman. You had a good Christmas. You had uh, fun. You spent time with your husband. 
Yeah, it was great. So my younger brother down in in, uh, in Baton Rouge. Nice. Well, we were in Baton Rouge and we were in Dallas and then back in Baton Rouge. Ah. So um, my nephew or nope, my niece came to visit me, not my nephew. <laughs> With my brother, and yeah. they came to see a mall. Good, and that was fun. I actually took I took her backstage. Oh, that's at sweet. The performance that was really fun. They were sitting in the theater, and they had gone in, and they had their tickets, and they had gotten them good seats because I yeah. knew where the seat good yeah. seats were. Yeah. And I said, "You run the opera company. <laughs> I mean, you can put <laughs> put them where I want." <laughs> well, I learned this when I worked in box office. There's a thing called house seats mm-hmm. where you have to reserve. Mm-hmm. A couple of seats in every section, and not sell them just for when it hits the fan and something goes awry. Right. You know, like Dr. Sharon Lord shows up and says, "I was here to buy cash tickets," and I saw this happen at the Knoxville Symphony Orchestra. I'm like, "Yes, ma'am," and they, you'll sit right here. Right. Exactly. <laughs> they yeah. always have a seat in the back pocket. Don't don't tell everyone that this this is a insider secret. Insider secret. Yeah, but it's true. So, but it will get to a point where once those are sold, then everything really is gone. But. Right. Right. They do sell those tickets before the show starts. Right. So I looked at my niece and I was like, do you want to go backstage? And she got her eyes really, really big. And I was like, all right, come on. So I took her. And the way the theater is set up is, you know, you can walk through a back door. Ah. And so from you're in the house with all the audience members yeah. and the curtain is closed. And then you open this door and it's like a whole nother world. It is. You know, I it's like that. going into I Narnia, right? Yeah. <laughs> So her eyes were huge, and the orchestra, because the pit um, in that theater was flooded. I mean, Louise. Huh. So the the orchestra was backstage, too. Oh, so wow. they're all warming up, and they're back there in the dark, and the lights are on the stage. And I mean, she introduced her to the stage managers and the conductor and Sarah Krigger, who was playing the mother. Oh, yeah. She was um, in our show here. And the Copper Queen. Yeah, yeah. And Maurice Hendricks was, Maurice Hendricks um, was there. Down, went, went down to Louisiana for the show. Yep. That's nice. Yeah. Hey, do you ever get down to New Orleans much? You said mentioned a little bit. doing the, the Cabildo. <laughs> yeah, I go, I go visit my, my in-laws in New Orleans. Because you know my friend Bean. I do. From the uh, well-known podcast, uh, A Cup of Tea and a Chat with Allie and Bean. Yeah. Um, he asked about you. And awesome. he, he's my other half British, half American friend. Right. His mom was British and his dad was American in the Navy and stuff. Well, he said, does Catherine ever come to New Orleans? I'm like, I don't know. How far is Baton Rouge? It's like an hour. Yeah. yeah. You know, he said, well, if she ever comes to Baton Rouge, uh, uh, t- uh, we should have her over to our house. Oh, fun. I'm like, that's fantastic. That'd be a great time. So, we can make fun of you the whole time. That's, I think, what his... <laughs> that's the plan? I think that's the yeah, plan. Fantastic. I think he's got that in mind. Yeah, good. Well, let me tell a little theater story also. Okay. Because I just briefly mentioned that I went to the the Clayton Holiday concert. And I love... The Civic Auditorium is not everyone's favorite facility because it's... You it's know, really big. It's big, but it's also boxy, and it's it's civic. Like a bar. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's not an intimate theater. It doesn't have the uh, the acoustics and of some of the other um, except when you're backstage because it's been around for so long and so many famous people have performed there there's autographs all over the wall and props and just stuff it's fun to be backstage there at the uh, civic auditorium so i had been just the week before doing the nativity pageant next door at the civic coliseum and they some overlap in the backstage area and now the next weekend my wife is singing with the choral society so I have purchased my one ticket, my, nice. my solo ticket, so I can go to the show. And um, I mentioned Dr. Sharon Lord decided she was going to go, so we said, well, we'll give you a ride. Nice. And she goes there, and they, she, so we're not sitting together. She's in a, Oh, they got her good seats. 
I also... <laughs> well, I, my wife and I are used to, both used to work box office. So on Black Friday, the symphony had a, a half-price sale on tickets for the, for the Friday night show. So we go scooting through looking for uh, singles... Because you know how that is. People buy huge blocks of tickets for right. their family. So if this person buys five and this person buys five, um, then this, uh, it doesn't, whatever, or whatever it is, this person buys three, it doesn't work out. There's like often an, right. an odd number. An odd seat. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, you know, 10th row center. Nice. <laughs> That's good. I've got a great, I've got a good seat. And Sharon is, is a couple of rows in front of me, but on the other across other the side. aisle. Okay. So she also has good seats, but we're not together. And I'm sitting there. And it's also weird, at intermission, I overhear the people next to me saying, I saw Sharon Lord here the, uh, tonight. I said, oh, really? What's your name? I'll tell her I... Uh, I'll tell her you said hi. <laughs> and he freaked out. The guy freaked out. He shut up, because I don't know what he was going to say next. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, because I said, I, I gave her a ride here tonight. And he's like, he's clammed up. And I was like, I was no, nobody for the rest of the night. But it was interesting being there, because I had just done Nativity Pageant the week before, uh, and I had dropped Sharon off in the lobby and gone parked. So now I'm walking back, and Sharon's wa- waiting in the lobby, not knowing where I'm coming in, what I'm going to do. I walk in, and one of the security guards goes, Hey, Frank! Because <laughs> they had just seen me the week before, right? So Sharon whips around and goes, Well, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and it was one of those nights where just it, the you see so many people you know, because right. most of Knoxville will try to go to this Show. I mean, they have over the course of five, four or five performances, they'll get like 10,000 people through the theater. That's amazing. So we're there on Friday night. I'm seeing all these people I haven't seen in years. I'm having a great time. At um, right around intermission, just before intermission, my phone starts going crazy. Okay. I've got a text uh-huh. and I've got a call and I'm try- it's from the alarm company. It wasn't me. No, no. It was, <laughs> it was the, the home alarm system here at the house. Had gone off? Had been triggered. And so you were being invaded? That's what we, well, who knows? I'm not here, right? Right. So the alarm's going off. I'm getting nervous. And I don't know what, I'm, not, I'm thinking I got a call. Well, it's intermission, so I'm, I'm, it sends you a text with a website. Okay. So you click on the website, and it says, the motion detector inside your house has been activated. Uh-oh. I'm like, oh, that's worse. I mean, because it's not like right. the, the, the doors, you know, it's not like the, yeah, the door like, or the window has right. triggered the alarm. It's the actual motion detector inside an empty house. I'm like, oh, no. And then my neighbor, my next door neighbor, Ted, starts calling because he's, he's in Chattanooga or someplace. And, and his alarm had gone off? He gets notified as, like, not my next of kin, but I put him down as an emergency contact. Okay. He's like, why? I'm getting spam from your alarm. He's my Turkish neighbor. I'm getting spam from your alarm, Frank. What is going on? I said, no, it's real. Uh, I'm going to try to call somebody. Are you home? Can you go take a look? No, I am in Chattanooga. Maybe you should try, um, what's his name? Um, Irwin. Anyway, the guy two doors down owns the fence company. Okay. I'll think of him in a name in a second. His last name's Irwin. Ben. So call Ben, uh, two doors down. That way. Meanwhile, I'm calling next door neighbor Nancy, going the other side, and I'm trying to can't get her. I'm calling. The, but you also don't want like one of your neighbors to go into your house if there's an intruder here. Well, I want them to. I didn't think there was an intruder, but I want them to at least take a look. Meanwhile, the alarm company calls the police, so the police are on the way. I have oh called um, next to Ted. I've called Nancy. I've called Nicole and Drew across the street. I've, I've tried reaching Greg. I've called you know all Everybody. these people, and I'm getting nothing so far. Um, 
But then I started getting texts back. And I'm like, well, I'll try calling Matt Ben. He's two houses down. By the time I text him, he had already been to my house because Ted couldn't wait. Ted got- <laughs> <laughs> so Ben, and Ben is a, I mean, you don't mess with Ben. Okay, so he, he's coming over here ready to He like- owns a fence company. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know, he's, a, he's mm-hmm. and he's, he grew up in this neighborhood, so he's also protective of the neighborhood. So he grew up in this neighborhood, then Good bought the house. Him. Two doors down, good guy, and I and I also I, he built my fence. Nice. So he comes over and he knows the you know he knows the in and outs of the yard, right? And he checks everything, does the whole perimeter check before the police even get there, and then he says, "Yeah, cops are here. They got the lights going, and they're looking around, and everything seems fine." And okay. then they then I start hearing from every other neighbor. Here from neighbor Greg over there, Nicole over there, Nancy. Like, well, this light is on in your garage. I'm like, yeah, I left that on. That's okay. And this light is on, and this is this this, this and this yeah, and this. And it turns out nothing had happened. There was a false. I mean, the alarm went off. Well, what moved? I was it a ghost? It could have been a ghost. So we're panicked. So anyway, the next day, Jerry and I go to church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and or I guess it was or whatever it was. We went somewhere that was a Saturday. The next day is a Saturday. We go somewhere. We set the alarm, and it goes off again. What? <laughs> no. But this time I tell ADT, no, don't send the don't police. Don't send anyone. Everyone it's just, just a down. ghost. Yeah. It's fine. So Ted calls. What is wrong with your alarm? They've notified <laughs> me again. The whole thing goes on. So again. The best I can figure is that you know it was so so cold. There's a mouse. Oh, it could be a mouse. But what I think it is, is we had closed the curtains over there. See those curtains over there to your, behind you? Yeah. We had closed those to give added insulation. Okay. So the best I can figure is that when the heat came on, it caused the curtains to billow. And see, there's the motion detector right up there in the corner. Yeah. So I think that might, not that I need to know where that is. <laughs> but I think, you know. <laughs> I think that might have been it. I don't know. Or there's a ghost. Yeah, I mean, I like that as an option. It's pot- well, you play a lot of ghosts. Yeah, you know. You know or, what you should play? Who? What? Go ahead, keep going. I think it could be a mouse. A mouse. You know, a squirrel. <laughs> I um I hired a new exterminating company yeah. last year. Okay. And Mo could be getting up. Mo could be doing it. They've done a good job of of getting the mice. They put some kind of stuff like in the garage and around so that the mouse is supposed to eat it and then go away and die. Mm-hmm. So um, Jerry found a dead mouse in the garage, and she's freaking out. And it must, and I'm, I had just walked by there a few hours earlier. She says, "How come you didn't see this dead mouse?" I'm like, "I would have seen a dead mouse. It was right. Like it wasn't there. It was so obviously in the path." I said, "No, clearly he just died. It's a fresh death." So I, I'm, I'm in charge. That's my job in the house. Is I don't like taking care of certain things that go down the toilet, but anything dead. Yeah. Um, you know why I'm good at dead things? I think you're about to tell me. As you can tell, I'm trying to get the... <laughs> I'm a little scared. The Bone Zones box open because I work with Dr. Bill and Pass at BoneZones.com. Don't forget the S. Where you can get autographed merchandise, all sorts of things for uh, Dr. Bill Bass, for you Body Farm fans. Oh, I like these t-shirts. These are nice. They're soft, nice. too. Feel how soft it is. Oh, yeah, that's great. It's the good kind. Yeah. And, you know, you get... Look at that signature on the back and that's a list nice. of all his books. Um, in fact, I, I have... I planted as a prop back here. Um, this is a Rose Glen Literary Festival mug. I didn't know what to put in it, so I put in some fancy chocolates that you're welcome to have. Fantastic. Um, but that's a different story right now. They're from Dr. Al Hazari, who also does appearances with um, Dr. Bass occasionally. We did one in December with Dr. Hazari and Sam Venable and Dr. Bass. Um, but coming up on, I believe it's February 25th, uh, at the Rose Glen Literary Festival, 
Um, Dr. Bass is scheduled to appear there and yes. to talk about the different books that he's got. It's going to be called um, Dr. Bill Bass, A Conversation with Frank Murphy. Okay. And then we'll do it as a, a two-person show. Nice. So we'll be talking about, you know, like, for example, I think I love to always grab uh, Death's Acre because it's the nonfiction mm. book about the history and origins of the body farm. But most of the questions we get are either, why did you start the body farm? Or they're like from the other book, other nonfiction book, Beyond the Body Farm, because they want to hear about the Big Bopper. They want to hear about um, you know, some of these other well-known cases that he right. investigated. And these books are written with John Jefferson, which is why, I know I should have these closer, which is why the fiction books, this is the first of the Dr. Brockton. Carved and bone. Yeah, but see the name, it's by the author, Jefferson Bass. Oh. Well, it's John Jefferson, Bill yeah. Bass. Nice, you know. and they wrote it together. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. So Dr. Bass provides like the science part of it, and John does the mystery part of it, the, cool. da- the daring do, if you will. Very cool. So he'll go, like in this book, the main character goes to a cockfight, and swallows chewing tobacco and vomits. Uh, Dr. Bass didn't do that, but John Jefferson right. did. Right. <laughs> okay. okay. So that's kind of fun. Interesting. So anyway, bonezones.com. Don't forget the S. And check us out at the... February 25th. Yeah. It's the Rose Glen Literary Festival at the Sevierville Convention Center. I think you and I have been there together. We did a, uh, oh, yeah. a Seymour Smokies yeah, yeah, yeah. from that building. Uh, here's, I'll show you lastly, you know the, the oh, skulls. I like the gold one. The gold ones are cool. That is cool. So, the signature and everything. So yeah. why did he start the body farm? Uh, well, he had been called in on a case to identify some remains that were um, some grave robbers had dug up in uh, over near Nashville. Mm. And the pink, the flesh on this body was still pink, mm. and it and the head was missing. So the original analysis made it look like a fairly fresh corpse, right? But it was actually a colonel from the Civil War who had been embalmed with arsenic, Colonel Shy, and had his head still been on, they would have figured out a little faster who he was. Right. But as they went, so his initial reaction was, you know, this guy's been dead a couple of weeks. Um, Then the further analysis, when they look at the actual steel coffin, the clothes that he's got on, and they figure out, oh, wait, Colonel Shy's grave has been disturbed. They thought that someone had dumped a fresh body oh, wow. on top of Colonel Shy, and they realized, oh, no, this is Colonel Shy. Oh, wow. Then no one expected him to still be... That's incredible. You know, fresh-ish after 120 years. Right. So it was an unusual case, and Dr. Bass starts looking through all the scientific literature trying to figure out, how do you know how long it takes someone to decompose, mm. given all these different variables? And nobody knew. Right. So he says, he goes to UT and says, I need to study dead bodies and measure how long they takes to decompose. That's so fascinating. And that's how it started. I keep thinking about Dr. Bill Bass. I need to meet him because... Uh, that can be arranged. I know I somebody. Know. I know you do. <laughs> I know somebody. I want to talk to him about, you know, our Doctor and the Devil's opera that yes. we're workshopping. Because that's all about grave robbing. And, yeah. You know, the, do the ends justify the means? You know, this doctor is really wanting to perform... Uh, surgeries. Well, that's exactly. Yeah. That you're you're right on on mark with it because in the another thing, Dr. Bass started was the William M. Bass Modern Skeletal Collection. Mm. So when you uh, donate your remains to the body farm, the skeleton stays becomes the property of UT and stays there forever in a box cataloged, and your all your bones are measured and analyzed and put into a computer program wow. uh, called 
for ends, something like that. It's like, it's like a play on the word forensics, but it stands for something of this database. And um, the reason for that is prior to the 1980s, 90s, when Dr. Bass starts collecting modern skeletons, all of the skeletons that were used in university research were from like the 1800s, many wow. of which had been grave robbed right. and sold to doctors and scientists, which right. is exactly what your opera is about. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Dr. Bass started his skeleton collection because of what happened in your opera. Right. That's Does that amazing. make sense? Yeah, it's So perfect. there's a, a direct connection. That's awesome. All right. Anyway. Yeah, well, we have to have a conversation. So Figure out how we can collaborate. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so what did you get for uh, your husband for Christmas? Anything? Uh, okay, so I... Because <laughs> I got slippers. I My wife gave me some nice slippers from the... I uh, nice. saw them on the, the deal guy. Told me about them at Aldi. So I ran right out and... They got are nice. You're going to have to get some more. Yeah. Well, you know, I never know what to get James. I did find him something that was like a actual Christmas present, which was like this okay. one of these like uh, massage guns. Oh, yeah. Have you seen those? Yeah. I anyway. mean, it's like... My chiropractor told me to get one. Okay. Because uh, he has one in his office and he was using it on me. Yeah. Uh, I was having some... Like during the tapings of Scholar's Bowl, my feet were just killing me. He's like, yeah. you got to get one of these guns and go right here on this right. tendon, muscle, blah, blah, blah. I didn't get it. I didn't need to, but I didn't. Yeah, you should. Well, some of my friends um, had them at, in Santa Fe. And so yeah. I was like, oh, that's cool. So yeah. that's something he would really like. But then I was like, you know, everyone needs something fun at Christmas. Okay, sure. And I found this karaoke microphone. Does James sing? No, he does not. <laughs> and I, Wait, he's, like, in, he's an opera director. He doesn't <laughs> sing? No, I, I he's mean. He's been an actor. He's been an actor, but he does not sing. He's very theatrical. He, he's studied all this. He's a great director. He knows all this stuff. Yeah. And but, he played violin, but, but... But no singing. No singing. So you gave him a microphone for singing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought... I was just like, well, this would be funny. You know, and it comes like... It's like this silver microphone. It's got this box on it. You hook it up to your phone. It's got a Bluetooth and okay. a speaker. So you can, like, play the songs. Like, there's yeah. a whole bunch of karaoke songs on YouTube. In the old yeah. days, we used to have a Mr. Microphone, and it would connect to an FM radio. Right. And the commercial was, hey, good looking. I'll be back to pick you up later. <laughs> Because the guy would be in his car talking to a girl on the radio in her car. Nice. Isn't that creepy? That is really creepy. Know, that's yeah. But so well, you got anyway, him on this so microphone. Got him this microphone. <laughs> and what and what have you done with it so far? So the first night he had it, he opened it up and sang for two hours. He sang. You just said he didn't sing. <laughs> I mean, he hadn't really prior to that. Experience. Rock and roll, opera, everything. Show Rock tunes. I mean, he likes you know, Bowie, Bowie. No. Yeah, that's a town Bowie? in Maryland. <laughs> Bowie, Bowie, <laughs> Bowie's a town in Maryland, dear hun. You know, it's in PG County. You go, you go a little bit east of, your, of Washington, and you get to Bowie, Bowie Maryland. <laughs> in my mind, I'm talking about James. My parents were going to name me James Bowie, and I'm trying to think of Bowie. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. No, there is a famous um, ex- guy. I mean, they named a knife after him, the Bowie knife. Right. Yeah, right. and Bowie Maryland and all that yeah. business. Yeah. But David Bowie. David Bowie. Uh, whose real name is David Jones. Okay. That if that helps you. Easier, yeah. Yeah, but there already was a famous Davy Jones in the Monkees, so his stage name became David Bowie. Nice. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I think his... Uh, I think his birthday is the same as like Elvis's. Okay. January eighth. I, I this is one of those things. I, you pick up these. You know, I pick up trivia when I'm talking about. I play a lot of David Bowie songs nice. on uh, 104.9 Lake FM. <gasps> Our 
Our podcast is on the Lake FM app now. What? I know. What? I know. I mean, we're on all these. I got. I signed up for some more podcast apps. That's awesome. I got a message from Podbean saying that. Hey, saying we can start doing commercials for Podbean, which I need to start doing. But also um, that they put us in some more other new podcast apps that I never heard of. Okay. So it was in my brain. So I sent the RSS feed to the owner of Lake FM. I said, you know, you've got the Ice Bears podcast in there. you got the Anna and Raven podcast in there. You want Frank and Friends? So boom, next thing you know. It's that's awesome. It was just about asking. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. So that's kind of exciting. So anyway, that's why I know about David you know, Bowie's songs. Um, but I also want to have you tell you a quick other musical story. I wonder if I should do it now or save it for another show. Tell me now. Okay. I went to another concert. You know, my wife was in another... My wife had so many concerts... Okay. During well, yeah. um, November and December, she had a, a Knoxville Choral Society concert at the beginning of November. There was she did an extra version of the Chronicles of Blue and Gray, which I think I've told you before at Thanksgiving. I, think I told you right. this would make for a great opera. It's just so nice. It's Civil War stuff. Yeah, you're saying it was like really, really beautiful music. <clears throat> I love it. I love yeah. it. And then the the Handel's Messiah on Thanksgiving weekend, right? And then all those Clayton holiday yeah. shows, and then more church singing. Mm-hmm. So she's been very busy. At one of these concerts, I guess it was the Knoxville Choral Society, and it was at Sacred Heart Cathedral. Okay. So uh, we go to a lot of these cathedral concert shows because I like it. Most of them are free. This one was not. I had to buy a ticket. But many of them are are free. Um, they asked me to MC their next uh, choral society oh, concert. Oh, nice. So, That's exciting. Uh, but I'll... Um, this one, I'm there. And I know where I like to sit at the cathedral. There's a couple of places. I've got this, you know how me, it's the equivalent of 10th Row Center. Right. I'm kind of looking for that aisle seat kind of in the sweet spot for the acoustics. And I kind of know where I want to sit. And I'm looking around, and there's a guy sitting in the exact pew that, that, I, that I would have chosen. Mm. So now I'm going to go to second choice. I'm like, okay, this guy, I mean, we're early enough. My wife's in the show. You know, I don't know why this old guy is here so early, right. but I'm also here early, so I can find another seat. Well, the usher starts looking at me, like pointing to areas, and the old guy, it turns out he's in his um, early 80s. Okay. Okay? Um, so he, but the old guy looks, does this, and goes, huh, and this lights up. And he's like, hey, why don't you sit? Come on over. He must know you. No. Not, <laughs> not yet. Oh, he wasn't talking to you. Not yet. No, he waves me over and tells me, he, and he'll stay in this aisle seat. So the okay. aisle's here. He's going to stay here. Right. And, and I sit. He says, come on over. Sit down. Sit yeah. down. Well, within the course of seconds, I, he, he's, I am told that um, he's here from California. Okay. He's here from Southern California, from the Los Angeles area. His sister is in the Choral Society. Nice. He's visiting her, and he came to see her show. Nice. And he's actually a jazz pianist. Oh. Yeah, his job in, in his 80s is to uh, play jazz music at different bars and restaurants around the San Fernando Valley. And like, he lives, I don't know, if not exactly Northridge, maybe uh, Encino, someplace nice like okay. that, somewhere in that, yeah. along Ventura Boulevard. I don't know. He's telling me all these things. He's mentioning these bars. Because I say, oh, I used to live in Burbank. Do you ever go to the Castaway or maybe the Smokehouse? I love those places, but mostly I play at these, and lists off all these other joints where he plays jazz piano. Okay. And then, and this is, I'm still, we're still inside a minute of me sitting down. Right. Then, then he says to me, oh, do you know, I, uh, I composed the song Spooky. Now, at this point, the conversation probably could have stopped. I could have said, oh, that's nice. But instead, <laughs> instead I said, Spooky? You mean by the Classics 4? You know it? 
That's a famous song. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was a hit. Uh, and well, it turns out he wrote the instrumental version of it as a jazz piece. He composed the music, and then this rock group called Classics Four. Well, yeah, Dennis Yost made up some lyrics to that. That was a big hit. That's amazing. And it's been covered. And he starts telling me all these people who've covered it over the right. years. So now I'm sitting next to the composer of Spooky, who's visiting from Los Angeles. And he's just telling me all about these interesting things in his career. Because remember, we're at the concert early. We have right. like 45 minutes oh, okay. to kill yeah. before yeah. showtime easy, yeah. easily. Yeah. Uh, so he's telling me his whole life story. And at some point, um, he mentions something about the Lawrence Welk show. Okay. Somewhere in that, because he, he composed these theme songs for shows that were on NBC that didn't make it. He could, you know, somebody still composes the theme song they still do all right, that work course. even for a show that doesn't get picked it only up has yeah so he mentions the these shows that i've never heard of right but he composed the music for him you know this is obviously his living is i've got his name i've got his everything mm-hmm. and I, he mentions the lawrence welk show i say oh wow that's nice i met a lady i met a lady who was on the lawrence welk show she Uh-oh. lived here lives here in knoxville Oh, really? I said, yeah, I think her name was Ava Barber. Ava Barber? <laughs> I, and I said, yeah, I met her like 10 years ago. We were doing a PBS pledge drive together. I'd love to talk to Ava Barber. I said, well, I met her like 10 years ago one time. <laughs> you go, have, you need to have Ava Barber call me. Oh, I, oh, I haven't talked to Ava Barber in years. I, I, she and I were chums. And so I'm saying, I, 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 I don't. Like, right. How do I get in touch with Ava Barber? I'm like, I don't know. She was on a pledge drive. She used to own a sandwich shop. I can tell you that, but she sold it. Well, that's great. I would, I'll love to ask her about that when you have her call me. <laughs> you know, I tell you about Ava. And he starts going on about the Lawrence Welk show and about Ava Barber and all these things. <clears throat> I'm like, oh, now what do I do? How do you find Ava Barber? I know. So he's, and then he's, but after, so after the concert, he calls his sister over. Pippa, Pippa, come over here. Pippi, whatever, Pippa something. Um, this is Frank. He's going to get me in touch with Ava Barber. And he pulls out his business card, and he crosses out the Los Angeles number, and he writes down um, the sister's number. So I'm staying at her house. Have Ava Barber call me at her house this weekend before I leave town. I'm like, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> so now I'm like, I don't know. So this is a, fri- a Friday night. You and just I'm, call PBS? I'm thinking about it. It's Saturday yeah. now. Okay. So now it's yeah. Saturday, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? How am I going to track down Ava Barber? The only thing I, the weekend. I remember is that she used to own a steamboat sub shop okay. in Fountain City um, because it was in the newspaper. You know, it's like, hey, famous person sells sandwich shop out of, you know, leaves town. Right. And, and then I'm looking, I'm Googling, I'm trying to figure out. I see a story about how, uh, you know, she's... Sold her house, and she and her husband Roger have are living the RV lifestyle. Nice. I'm like, we're done. There's no this way not happening. This yeah. is not happening. Well, it turns out Roger was also on the Lawrence Welk show. Okay. All right. He's a drummer, and I'm digging into. I'm just keep. I'm learning everything. I'm Google, just keep. I'm reading every yeah. article there is about Ava Barber. Research. The, yeah. <laughs> and I just start thinking. Well, actually, oh, and there's something in one of the articles that that sparks my imagination. Mm-hmm. Well, what if I? What if I? Well, how about, so I start doing my, and remember, I used to be a radio producer, and I used to track people down so we could call them and make fun of them on the air. You know, I was doing my right. actual job. Right. So um, I start doing a few of those old tricks that I used to do, and next thing you know, I find a phone number that I believe belonged to Ava Barber at one point, or maybe to Roger or something. I found right. two different phone numbers. And I call one, and it's been disconnected. Okay. Well, I don't know what the heck. I'll try the other one. 
you know, what's the, what are the odds? Yeah. Who's going to answer? Right. I, it's, it's, you know, noon on a Saturday afternoon. There's a Vols game on. I mean, what are the chances? Right. right. Hello? Hi, is this Ava Barber? Who's this? Hi, this is Frank Murphy. We met one time at East Tennessee PBS. And I wanted to put you in touch with, oh, hang on, talk to my husband. And she passes the phone. Okay. I said, is this Roger? Yeah. So my name is Frank. I met Ava uh, at East Tennessee PBS. East Tennessee PBS? We'd love to do a project with you. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't actually... I don't actually work there. Oh my I, uh, I mean, I'm an independent contractor. I have two shows. Then I realized I'm, I better stop talking. Right. Because I've got two shows on this channel. And I better, like, he's going to, next thing you know, he's going to book himself on as the, the new uh, guest, guest host on Scholars Bowl yeah. or something. I don't know. Yeah. What I'm like, well, I'd love to be on East Tennessee PBS, you know? I'm like, well. Or up close. I said, all I'm trying to tell him is that, look, I met Ava 10 years ago when we did a pledge drive together. Um, Oh, well, okay. Well, we're in uh, North Carolina at a festival right now. I guess maybe Ava told me that. I mean, we're at a festival in North Carolina. Talk to my husband. And uh, you hear all this noise in yeah. the background. Yeah. I thought they were at the Vols game, but they right. were at some kind of thing. I don't know what they were doing there. I never got to that point because I then get the husband on the phone and I'm like, look, this is going to sound crazy. But I met this dude who said that he knew you. Um, his name is Harry. Middlebrooks. Harry Middlebrooks? We'd love to talk to Harry Middlebrooks. Oh, tell Harry Middlebrooks to call me right away. This is fantastic. We haven't talked to Harry Middlebrooks in years. Like, is this how they talk out there? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, apparently. Is this how it goes? So then, so now all I have to do is, is connect the dots. Is text Harry's information to the, the guy, Ava's husband. Right. And, and I can't text Harry, but I can email it to him, which he might not see right. until he gets to California. And I try to send it to the sister Pippa. And I'm like, well, that's it. I'm done. Right. I guess I'm done. That's and awesome. then I get this odd uh, voice message from Harry Middlebrook's sister. And it's, it's just them talking in the background. Oh, they didn't mean to call they you. They didn't mean to call That's me. Amazing. It's just like, yeah. you just hear them talking about Ava Barber, and it's like just bizarro world. Yeah. And then okay. weeks, a week later, I get an email from Harry Middlebrook saying, thanks, I got to t- I talked to Ava Barber. I appreciate it. So the story has a happy ending. Nice. That's great. But what, a, I mean, just, what are crazy. the odds? That this, because this guy was sitting in the chair that I would have sat in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had to do all of this work and getting him connected with Ava Barber. It was meant to be. <laughs> it was meant to be. It was meant it's really to be. really nice. Much like it's meant to be for you to hit the subscribe button on YouTube so you don't miss any of our Frank and Friends show episodes. And if you really like audio entertainment, check out audible.com. Actually, check out audibletrial.com. That's even better. Slash Frank and Friends show where you can get a free 30-day premium membership to Audible and listen to podcasts like this. Listen to audiobooks. Um, I mean, in fact, my friend Gene Masters filled in one of the days that you're here. He's got a couple of books on Audible you can listen nice. to about the uh, submarine adventures that cool. he's got. Good stuff. So look up Gene Masters when you're on there. You get one free download. Yeah, you get to keep because that's every month you get a credit for an MP3 download, and during your free month you still get one. You get all the benefits of a premium membership because they're going to convince you, I hope, to uh, stick around and uh, continue your membership and just listen in your AirPods, listen on your Amazon Alexas, listen on your apps, whatever you got, and it saves your place. So you're always, you don't have to worry about, you know, where did I leave off? I, got, I don't have to fast forward, rewind. It picks up, you know, it syncs up on all your devices. Yeah. So that's audibletrial.com slash show. Anything else for you, Madam, before we let that's you leave? for me. Uh, check out Marble City Opera this weekend uh, for... My pal, Freddy, 
Yeah, and, and my pal Frank, he's going to be the MC. Yeah, I got. How do I get into that? I, get stuck I, into I can't that. imagine how you got stuck <laughs> into that. <laughs> oh, I actually have a bit for you that I need to talk to you about. Oh, good. Yeah. I like bits. Okay. So you have to come and find out how I make Frank a part of the action. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Can hardly wait. Well, I didn't even get to tell you about this fig plant back here. I know. We're going to have to talk again. I'll do another show sometime. Yeah, All right. Thanks good. a lot for being here. Yeah. Appreciate you. Uh, this is the Frank and Friends Show. I'm Frank Murphy. I'm Catherine Frady. And we'll talk to you again next time.